Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Appleton and Stevens Point this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. It's a beautiful weekend in Wisconsin. Beautiful day to be on the boat. Beautiful day to be camping. But a fabulous day to be in church. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> what are we doing? Oh, by the way, um, let me encourage you throughout the summer to keep coming to church. Now, if you've got some plan, you want to be out of town, that's fine. Watch us online, stay connected. But come, you know, come as much as you can. I don't care how you dress, I really don't. Once I said, I don't care if you come in your pajamas. A few weeks later, somebody came in their pajamas. <clears throat> and I don't care. Whatever you want to bear that, that's up to you. I said, well, you're always dressed up. That's, that's just me, because I got to see myself on TV. All right? Got to see you on TV. You'd probably do something, too. I tried to be the hip pastor thing with the jeans and stuff and the shirt hanging out, but I look like a homeless person. It's just awful. <clears throat> so I, I dress up now. So just, it is what it is. But you can come shorts. I don't care what you come in. Just, uh, well, come in something. But uh, <laughs> got to be a little clear today, because no telling. <clears throat> A quick missions and a go beyond report. We're almost to our goal on our go beyond. 1.184. Our goal is 1.2. Praise the Lord for that. Help us to get over that so we can wrap that thing up. Our, our missions giving way up over last year. Praise God for that. Let's take a look at that. As you can see on the graph, considerably higher year to date. Hopefully we'll hit 120,000 this year. And we just want to continue to grow and grow. And the way you learned us is you just got to keep making it clear to people. We're excited, and I, you know, we really are. Uh, but we got a long way to go. Churches our size routinely give easily $500,000 to a million dollars a year in missions. <clears throat> How do you do that? Sacrificially. You give, but, but just the fact to get the train, the fact that we're over last year, I'm thrilled, and we're just hopefully we'll double again next year until we get this into our mind. I'm going to give something special for people beyond even our own church here, and it's a wonderful way of giving. We'll be doing that at the end of the uh, service. Okay, now, I'm going to do something uh, for, for the next, just a few minutes. I got a great message. You'll love this message. All right, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I want to talk to you about something new that we're doing. Uh, it's called Text to Give. We've got a little video I want to show you real quick on the Text to Give. We can now give any amount just by sending a text. To try it out, send the word GIVE to our smart giving number. 
If it's your first time, you'll get a link back to register your giving information to your phone number. After that, you're all done. You'll get a response back confirming your gift. Now the best part is, from here on out, just send the dollar amount and you can give from anywhere, at any time, with a single text. All right, so we're just going to take a, a minute to go through this and actually have you sign up right now. It'll cost you a whole dollar, all right? If you can afford a smartphone, you can afford a dollar, all right? If you don't have a smartphone, just sit there and stare at me for the next few minutes, all right? All the rest of you guys, you have a smartphone and you have a debit card that comes right out of your checking account or credit card, however you handle stuff. I want you to pull it out right now. Don't stare at me. Grab your little phones. I know you have them, and they're through the whole sermon, all right? So, all you guys in point, get your phones and your debit cards, credit cards, Appleton, pull them all out. Everybody, pull them out. And all you slackers online, we love you. We're glad. Actually, it's our second biggest campus. It is. Hundreds of people watch us online every Sunday. All right? Oh, we love online. Yeah, because an offering doesn't come past you. All right? Text. Text. Get all you online people. Go grab your phone. All right? Get your phone and your little dealy bobs here. All right? So, now, go to the... Now, if you have a flip phone, that's that's not going to (laughs) work. And uh, you might want to join the 21st century. All right? But uh, the rest of you with smartphones, get to your texting app. You're going to text. And you're going to text to this number, 920... 515-0799, all right, 0799, okay, now, in the little box, the message, you're just going to send the word give, G-I-V-E, and send, all right, so you just all sent that, now you'll get a message back real quick, it says, almost finished, tap this link to complete your gift. Now, this is the the first time you do this, then you never have to do this again. But hit that little link, all right? And up comes that deal. So put in your name. Just do it right now. Did you do this already, Debbie Gunger? You did? All right. We run everything through Debbie first because if if something's not going to work, it'll be her. All right? So it passed the Debbie Gunger test, which means anybody can do this. I'm not kidding. It's not on her. It's just there's this thing about her. It's just electronic stuff hates her. It just reaches out and it grabs her. Okay? It's like when she orders food, it'll always come wrong. Right? That's a crazy thing. We meet with 10 people all and her order never shows up. What happened? I don't know. I, I, I think God's mad at you. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> put in your name and then your uh, email address. Okay? Did you use your debit card, Debbie Kunger? Or did you use mine? <laughs> you used yours, good. No, no, it's fine. They're working on it right now. She's yelling at me from the front row. Just wives. If they're to this page, it's not going to time out. It's when you have the word give and you stare at it. Anyway, okay. Put in your address. Or you can put it in mine if you want. And the zip code. Now you got to select the campus. So you guys in uh, 
Stevens Point, you want to reach for Stevens Point, put that in. Appleton, obviously Appleton. All you online people, our second biggest campus. Go to the online, set that up, okay? Now you're good. Now it'll say confirm the gift amount. It's already automatically set in there for $1, all right? Now you have to put in your card number. Put in the card number or Pastor Bob's card number. Either one will work fine. Or the person sitting next to you, look at his number. Uh, put in the card number. All right, we're almost done. Hang in there. Then the month, expiration month, and the year. And the CCV number is when you flip it over to that three number thing on the back. Put that on and then hit confirm. Boom. You just gave a dollar. God bless you. All right. Now that is set up. Now from now on, and every offering that we'll be taking, you will see as the, your campus pastors are about to take the offering, boom, text to give number will pop up on the screen. Uh, now say, why are we doing this? It's a way of actually just catching up to uh, the way people handle money today. Used to be everybody carried cash with them for centuries, quite frankly. Uh, and then less cash, and then people started having checks. And then people used to carry their checks and you know, fill it all out and do all that kind of stuff during the offerings. Well, the truth is, you'd be shocked, but the majority of people today don't carry either one. A lot of people come to church and they come, oh, yeah, I should have brought something. Well, but they always have this, all right? Uh, and, you know, because the only, only option was to have everybody swipe their cards, and that's just not going to work. So now every time we see it, boom, all you do is see that, type in that number, and you just hit the word give, and whatever amount you want to give. When we do the missions office, which we'll be doing at the end, you can type in the word missions. Or we have a, can a special uh, project that we're doing right now is raising money for the Jimmy Bratcher outreach to Sturgis this year. We're very, very excited about it. Uh, Jimmy goes every year. I've been with him a couple of times. And uh, they, they play in these different venues where <laughs> all these heathens are ever. It's an amazing time of singing the love of God to all these people. And they just love, they love the music and they're open to the message because we, you know, we're not shoving it down their throats, but it's really cool. Then during the day, we go downtown and we're handing out tracks and singing and playing and stuff. It's a lot of fun. This year, because he's been so faithful and these guys get, kept getting such great reports, they've booked him for the big stage. We're going to be opening. I say we're because I'm going to be playing with him again this year. Uh, for, for uh, what's his name? <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> Willie Nelson, Cheap Trick, uh, Kid Rock. All these guys are going to be on the stage. If you go to the website, you'll see all these national world names. The third band in is Jimmy Bratcher Band which is amazing that he's even listed that high. So it's, now, now this is not Bible camp. <laughs> it's a Sturgis. It's like a block from hell, all right? And, and it's, uh, but we're going in and we're reaching out to these people and we need to raise money for it. So when we do the missions thing, or you can even do it right now if you want, just put, type in the word Jimmy for those who are set up, whatever amount, send it, boom, instantly goes to that account and we're going to raise money for this. And while I'm at it, and I'll talk about this for the next couple of weeks because I'm looking for a couple of guys, a minimum two, hopefully as many as four. Four men or young men, whatever, you know, you're men, teenagers are men as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you're a man and you have the means to fly yourself to volunteer. All right, now some of you guys have frequent flyer miles or you can just pay it straight out. Uh, the way it works is we're going to be flying out August 5th and coming back August 10th. So it's Friday, coming back Wednesday. So you'll be able to take off, you know, a few days of work 
uh, vacation time, whatever you want to do, but you would like to volunteer. Now, I'm looking for guys, uh, hopefully, uh, with strong arms and backs, okay? If you're 73, unless you're unusual, I'm not looking for you. I'm looking for guys to carry stuff because I don't want to carry it. It's really heavy equipment. Uh, so we're asking some guys to help because this band's going to be setting up and tearing down twice a day, every day for this run. Da, 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 da. It's really a lot of physical work. It's, it's, but we're going to have a blast. We're going to fly and, and hook up uh, in, in Sturgis. And then we're going to be staying on the bus, sleeping on the bus. Uh, it's got like 12 bunks in there. And then we're all going to be driving the bus back to Kansas City, big road trip. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the final day, we'll be flying back to Green Bay. So that's, it's our guys' outreach to the world. We're going to have an absolute, or if you want to come hang with your pastor while we go to Sturgis and do this outreach, <clears throat> you can get away for those days and can cover your trip. The rest, you know, it's pretty easy. Just whatever, burgers. It'll be great. Your wife's not there. You can eat cheeseburgers every day. So it'll be a beautiful thing. I would never do that personally. fried dirt, man. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. All right, so we're done with all that, okay? So from now on, text to give. We're trying to join the 21st century. You say, why? I hate it when you guys talk about money. I hate it. Listen, without talking about money and the importance of funding the kingdom of God, we're not going to move forward. Every church, everybody, every denomination, anywhere that accomplishes anything is because people give to that thing. It's just we've really hit this bump in the road with culture because people literally don't carry money with them anymore. Now everybody carries their phone, this is a way that you can continue to give. All right, my message this morning, very simple little message. We're doing a series called Ask the Pastor, questions that people have. And uh, this is the third message so far. We're letting you pick the subjects. Um, we're asking the question, what does it mean to be redeemed? There's all kinds of fancy Bible words and stuff. What does the word redeemed mean? We see the word uh, throughout the Bible in uh, Luke, the first chapter, this is the Christmas story, okay? John the Baptist is born, the angel appeals to Mary, you know, all that stuff's happening. Uh, anyway, John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, at one point, praises God. We read this in the very first chapter of Luke. And he says this, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Somebody put up the words. The Bible on the screen. There we go. Give them a hand. And slap him, whoever that was back there, not doing it on time. Okay. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. What does it mean to be redeemed? Now, we're gonna, there's several different definitions of the word redeemed that were taken right from Webster's Dictionary. It's all biblical of what this word means. Now, it is this transitive verb for those of you who care. Uh, but the first definition, it says, is to get or to win back. Now, the first time we see the word redeemed is when God comes to Moses and tells him about going to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and take them into the promised land. And he writes this. He says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you. He's going to redeem them. He's going back to get them out of Egypt. Egypt. Now, one of the great uh, examples of heroism and care and compassion is when somebody goes back to help someone else in 
trouble. We see that in our culture all the time, particularly with firefighters and police officers who go in at their own risk. When everybody else is running away from trouble, they are running towards the trouble. We hear someone is stuck in a well, we'll move heaven and earth, we'll do whatever we can. We don't just leave people to die, we go back to get them. We try to, and it's this word, redeem them. By the way, I hope you will join with me in saying so much thanks and respect to the wonderful men and women who serve as firefighters and police officers in our communities. I know there's a whole bunch of crazy going on right now, and police officers are under attack, and there's a bunch of nutcases as far as I'm concerned. Look, you can have grease with the police if you want. You don't take a gun out and shoot them. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is insanity. And uh, uh, if you have griefs with them, uh, you think you're being mishandled uh, inappropriately, you find the right venue to deal with that. By the way, all y'all, especially you young people, you ever get stopped by a police officer, you do not yell at them, you do not curse them, you do not taunt them, you shut up and you be polite and you do what they say. When a police officer says stop, you stop. If they say show me your hands, you show them their hands. Uh, One of the reasons that some of this insanity has been going on and, you know, people have been getting shot and stuff by police officers, but you come at a police officer in a threatening way when he has his gun pulled, he will shoot you. He's trained to shoot you. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right? And, you know, not that we're happy about it, but most of them are not people of color. Most of them are white people who get shot by police. But but you wonder, well, how does that happen? You have to remember, these guys are under great stress. They don't want to die any more than anybody else, okay? They have their gun pulled. They're telling you, if you doubt it, just Google it. You can see it. Don't do do, do it now. When you go home, Google it. They have all this. There's tons of this stuff online where they show people who get shot by police officers. These are not compliant individuals. The police have their weapons pulled and they're yelling, stop, stop. These guys are going, coming at the cops. They're going to shoot you. They don't care what color you are. Are you hearing me? And these guys are going like this. The minute you reach for your body, they're going to shoot you. They think you're pulling for a gun. They don't have time to sit and ask is it a gun? Is it possibly a gun? Maybe it isn't a gun. I wonder what it is. Because then they're going to get killed. You start acting crazy and aggressive to them when they're telling you to stop, you stop. Again, say amen. amen. And by the way, if a police officer pulls you over, man, be nice. What do you think your chances are of getting off if you're yelling at them and cursing it? I've never, I've seen Christians do this. Stop it. Show a little respect for heaven's sakes. Man, if they stop me, I'm sweet as I can be. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Thank you for what you do. You know, I was wrong. I wasn't paying attention. God bless you. Oh, you're letting me off. Thank you very much. God bless you. Get out of there, all right? (laughs) That's how you get off, man. Doesn't always work. But your chances of getting off when you're yelling and cursing at them is like zip. If you think they're handling you unfairly or unjustly, you deal with it later. Again, say amen. Amen. There's no reason this should be happening in our culture. Running at a cop, when they got guns pulled at you, you're going to go see Jesus. All right. What was I talking about? Oh, redeeming. Going back for those who are in trouble. Uh, We hear of, 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 
you know, soldiers who, you know, they go back for their buddies and stuff like that. And many of them, some give their lives. Uh, I was talking once to a, a Medal of, uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winner who in Vietnam, you know, kept going back for his buddies in Vietnam. And the enemy kept shooting him. He didn't go down. I mean, you know, first of all, he's a tough guy. Secondly, he got all this adrenaline going in him. Thirdly, they weren't hitting anything vital. And he just kept going. He kept getting shot. He said, man, the sixth time they shot me, he says, it really made me mad. <laughs> Who are these people, you know? And, uh, and, you know, God bless him. And he's respected today for his sacrifice. He saved people's lives. This is what you do when you go back. God went back for Israel to redeem them. And he redeems us. Aren't you glad he didn't just leave you in the mess you were in? Aren't you glad he redeems it? You know, some people say, ah, I'm such a mess. Why would God care? Because that's what he does. He redeems. You know, I love watching these shows where they, you know, take an old house. It's just, you ever watch it? My wife watches these 24-7. You know, but these, you know, these houses, when I'm gone, that's what she does. I'm exaggerating. Yeah, you know, a little testy this morning over there, right? It's, I'm going to pay for this later. Anyway, so uh, she likes watching these shows where they go and they take these cruddy houses. You know, me, I'd throw in a hand grenade. Blow it up and start over again, right? No, but they, they reclaim these houses. And, they, and when they're done, they're stunning. It's amazing what they can do. They redeem these things. Or they take old things and they redeem. I saw a guy yesterday with this old car, you know, that I would have thrown away a long time ago. But this is a 1960-something. It was gorgeous. He had restored this thing. It was shiny. It, was, it had been redeemed. That's what God does to us. While everybody else might throw you to the heap of garbage, Jesus comes and says, I can make something of this. I can redeem. When you think it can't happen, he knows it can happen, and he redeems you. That's what it means to go get them back. Another definition of the word redeem is to free from what distresses or harms us. Psalms 103, David writes this. He says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are some of his benefits? Number one, he forgives all of our sins. Number two, he heals all of our diseases. Number three, he redeems your life from the pit. Anybody been in the pit where everything stinks, it reeks, it sucks, it's just awful. All you hear is this huge sucking sound everywhere. Because <laughs> everything's horrible and you think, oh, why go on? God doesn't care about me. No, he will redeem you and pull you out of what is hurting you. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people suffer from a spiritual version of uh, Stockholm Syndrome. You guys remember Stockholm Syndrome? It's one of these people that were held hostage in Stockholm, Sweden, and the, cap or the captives fell in love with their captors. It's a very famous thing. And they say that it actually happens where these people get connected to the people who are hurting them and holding them back. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, people who stay with abusers, in a sense, are suffering from a version of Stockholm Syndrome. Well, a lot of people, man, even though they come to Jesus and stuff, are still suffering from a version of Stockholm Syndrome because they still love the very thing that's hurting them. And he's trying to get you free from that thing. You need to let it go. Everybody say, let it go. Let it go, let it go. At some point, you just need to let it go. We hang on to that. Oh, but I like it, but it's hurting you. You have to stop. <clears throat> Sometimes it's a little painful getting rid of what's hurting you, but you need to do it. It reminds me of my daughter, Leslie. I don't know where she's at, but anyway, in the back somewhere. But uh, when she was a little girl, she had one version of crying. It was full bore screaming. All, there were no other versions, none. 
all right? You couldn't tell if a fly had landed on her or her leg was on fire. I mean, it was, it was, I remember we'd see little kids who cried normally. Look, it cries normally. You know, but ours was you know, all the time. Freak the willies out of you. So she's going off. We're like, oh, what is it? And she's got a, you know, a little sliver in her finger. <sighs> okay, okay. Well, here. And, and she goes, oh, it's not hers. I don't speak it. Stop. So I reach for her. She goes, what? Don't touch it. Wait, how many know you got to touch it? You can't get it out unless you grab it and it's a little uncomfortable. God wants to redeem you from the things that are hurting you, but you got to let him have it. Don't fall in love with what is doing damage in your life. Another verse description of redeem is to release from blame or debt. How many thank God for that one? Titus, Paul writes to Titus, he talks about Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us. From all, unwicked, from all our wickedness. He doesn't hold that against you anymore. I know it's hard to imagine, but that's exactly what happens. You can't fix it. Well, I'll just be good enough. You know, people say, well, I don't, I don't need you know, to come to church. I'll just be a nicer guy and I'll help little old ladies across the street. I'll get into heaven that way. You're delusional. There's nothing you can do. If anybody could have fixed their own sins, Jesus would not have had to die on the cross. The reason he did this is because we were hopeless without possibility of fixing the sins that we have committed. There's no way of getting rid of them except through letting his love come into your life and redeem you and to remove the guilt from you and to set you free and to give you a new life. Another definition of to redeem means to repair or restore. Okay, we're talking about doing to old buildings and stuff like that, cars and things. The problem today is we don't really repair much of anything. We throw stuff away, right? I mean, when I was growing up, you guys remember, uh, every town had at least one shoe repair shop, so many, depending on the size. You'd always, if your shoe got a little worn, you go to the shoe repair shop, man. They'd fix it. Well, nobody fixes stuff like that anymore. You throw away the shoes and you get a new one. You know? I remember we used to go to watch repair shops. Now it's even hard to get a watch repair. It's hard to find them. Your watch quits working, you toss it. And you get another one. Uh, that's the way with everything. Even socks. People used to fix their socks. They called it darning. They darn their Darn it. They would darn their socks. That's what they do. You get a holy sock, you sew it up, and the moms would fix it. And so do Nobody does that anymore. I don't think anybody does that anymore. You just toss them, right? We live in a culture that just dumps what is no longer useful, and we get something new. A lot of people that do that in their relationships. Really bad advice. A lot of destructive things going in there. But the good news is that God wants to fix your situation. In Galatians, Paul writes this, talking of Jesus, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, which is who we are. These wonderful blessings God gave to him, he wants to give to you. And he can restore your life and make it whole. He wants to redeem you. And then finally, the last definition I have here means to make good or to give value. And I love this one. We'll read from Peter this time. The apostle Peter writes these words. He says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold. He's kind of dissing silver and gold. We don't like to have silver and gold, right? But he says, look, silver and gold is nothing. Those eventually become nothing. Those are perishable things. That's not what we were uh, redeemed with. He says, 
uh, it wasn't with spiritual, with the silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. In closing, when you want to find the value of something, you find out what somebody's willing to pay for it. That's how you find out what the value is. One of the ways that almost anybody today, uh, even if you go to a pawn shop and stuff like that, they want to see what the value is, they just go to eBay. And they'll check it out and see what someone else is willing to pay for it. What someone else is willing to pay for it is the value. Uh, sometimes you hear of just outrageous uh, auctions and stuff where people are paying insane amounts. But I'll tell you what, if <clears throat> someone is going to auction off these glasses from this famous pastor and, and they, uh, you know, someone gives you $10 million. Well, they'd be a little crazy, but what is this now worth? $10 million. It's been established. That's what someone's worth willing to pay for. That's how you determine in auctions and online and those kind of things. What is someone really willing to give for something is the value. It is now exchanged. Now, even if it was an old piece of junk that you picked up for 10 bucks from somebody's garage sale. You go online, eBay it, and find someone else who's willing to give you 10 grand for that thing that you paid 10 bucks for. How much is that thing worth? 10 grand. You know, good day for you, by the way. <laughs> Bad day for the guy who sold it for 10. Didn't know what the value was. Well, God paid something for you, is what Peter says. And it wasn't money. It was something far greater than money. He paid for you and for me with the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what you were purchased with. What is your value now? Before God, your value is the precious blood of Christ. You are worth Jesus to God. Now that's hard to get into our heads because we think I'm lazy, I'm a bum, I do things I shouldn't do, I get mad, I kick the cat, you know, God must really be mad at me. You don't understand. Your value is extremely high. To God. In fact, the Bible even intimates that angels would swap with you if they could, if they could, because in the eternity will actually be higher than them. How's that possible? <clears throat> because of what's been paid for us. Yes, even you. You struggling. You, oh, I got to deal with life. Oh, I get mad at people. So I know. But part of the reason that we struggle so much in doing stupid things is because we don't realize the value we have. I love watching these movies where they, <clears throat> it's a fairly common theme every once in a while, where in the movie, some guy who's a slob or something like that, and then they find out that actually he is an heir to, you know, the throne in some country or something like that. And uh, kind of comical to watch this thing and how this bum of a guy, suddenly they're announcing, you know, you're actually the king of whatever country and how they transform and stuff like that. And always at the end of the movie, they are transformed. They talk different, they walk different, they carry themselves differently, they behave differently. Why? Because they realize who they are. I'm not just a nobody, I'm a somebody. And they actually carry themselves differently. They uh, understand the value that they have. When we start to understand that we have been redeemed, not just fixed, not just restored, not just healed, but the kicker of the redemption is now we take on the value of the precious blood of Christ himself. Wow, that changes everything. 
I know the devil will try to discourage you. You're a nobody. You're a nothing. You're a screw up, whatever the deal is. But don't buy it. Don't listen to it. You are a somebody. And quit trying to live in your past. Don't be walking forward always going like this. You know, looking was because you're going to fall into something. And people have done this. I see Christians all the time. They're walking in this new life. They're constantly talking about this. And I wish I hadn't have done that. And oh, if I'd have just been not. Don't do that. Stop. You're accomplishing nothing. You can't fix the past. There's only one answer for it. The precious blood of Jesus that covers it, that wipes it away, that gives you a new life. You are a somebody. You are something. You say, I don't feel. It doesn't matter what you feel. It's like, wouldn't you all of a sudden like to discover that you're actually the next heir to Bill Gates? (laughs) Wouldn't that change your life? You'd carry yourself differently. You'd have a different attitude. Man, I am I'm going to re- inherit an incredible fortune. It changes you when you start to understand who you are and the value that you carry. And in ending, let me share this advice with you single ladies. All right? Those of you who have been around the block a little bit and, and you have issues. One of the things I hear over and over again from women often is that they'll say, you know, pastor, I, I'm just a magnet for bad men. I attract the worst men. Let me tell you why you're a magnet for these guys. It's because when you first meet them, some of you, it doesn't take 10 minutes, but you're telling them all your baggage. You're telling them all your junk. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you. Your name's Bill. I'm Susie. Yeah. Well, I've been divorced 27 times. And, you know, I was beat up when I was a kid. And I just got out of jail as an axe murderer and all, and all this stuff like that. <clears throat> now, the minute you tell your boo-hoo story, because you're just trying to be open and not, you access, that's your heart. But stop it. Stop telling these guys. You're garbage. They don't need to know you're garbage, okay? The minute you tell them you're garbage, now every predator for miles is coming after you. And they will use you and they will abuse you. You're not some automatic magnet to bad men. The thing is that you got a big yap and you're telling them all your garbage. Quit telling them you're garbage. You're not a loser. I'm not a 27 times divorced person. You know who you are? You are a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are a somebody. Because you think, oh, this guy's still talking to me. After I told him all my junk, he really cares. No, he's just sizing you up. Now he knows he can go in for the kill and he will use you and spit you out again. Don't you share all that nonsense with them? So, well, don't I have to share it at some point? Sure, if he's going to be a real buyer at some point. All right, you know. He dates you. For, but you want to show him who you are now. Doesn't matter who you were before. At some point, you know, like, you know, an hour before you get married, you probably ought to cough it up. But, I, but at, least, at least at that point, you know, it's a real deal. If he runs, then you know, okay. But don't do this stuff early on. Stop it. He says, what, your story? I'll tell you my story. I am a valuable, wonderful woman. I am healthy. God cares about me. I have a wonderful church. I have wonderful friends. I have a pastor who's my friend, and he has a gun. (laughs) Don't mess with me. He'll come after you. You let him know that you are healthy and strong. Somebody say amen. Amen. You are not a magnet for this thing. Why are you telling people all your stuff because you want to get it off your chest because you're constantly doing this? 
Even though you're going, trying to go forward, you're constantly, as soon as you meet somebody, you say, hi, I'm Susie, and look at all my junk. No, stop with all the junk, okay? Let it go, let it go. And we move forward. I'm a somebody. Everybody say, I'm a somebody. I have been redeemed. Say it again. I've been redeemed. Repeat after me. I may not look good. I may have issues. I got some baggage that's really big. But I have been redeemed. I'm a somebody. Because I have been redeemed. That is my story. Yeah, you're fading off there, but you're yelling. That's it. All right, and my story is I'm done. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace. Lord, when others would have walked past us because we were on the garbage heap saying there's no value there, you stopped and you saw value. When others would have given up, you went back for us. When we were surrounded with the weight of our own sins and faults and failures, you came to redeem us, to take us out of that which was harming us. And Lord, ultimately, the most incredible thing is you changed an incredible degree of value. As I preached last week about the great swap, you take away our sins and you give us your righteousness. We have been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. We have been redeemed. Help us walk today as redeemed people, shining light in a very dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Have a great day.